Chapter Eight of Rescue Dog of the High Pass. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Rescue Dog of the High Pass by Jim Kilgard. A Free Day. It had not been easy to coax Caesar inside, even into a stable but franz had succeeded both in getting him in and in persuading the big alpine mastiff to sleep at his feet now as the wind screamed through st bernard pass and the frost cut like a sharp knife franz grinned to himself he understood that the three other marineers at the hospice the novices or apprentice priests the ormonier who welcomed guests and dispensed charity the clavendier who watched over all stores the sacristan whose duty it was to take charge of the chapel the abbe who watched over the novices the four canons whose authority was exceeded only by that of the prior and even the great prior himself slept in unheeded cells he was not positive about this because anyone as lowly as he could never be sure about the doings of people as mighty as they for all he knew the hospice would collapse if he spoke to any of the canons, and the mountains themselves would tumble if he even looked at the prior. But he thought it was true. If it was, then he, Franz Hale, the humblest of the humble marineers, had by far the finest sleeping quarters in Great St. Bernard Pass. With fragrant hay as a mattress, plenty of blankets, a dog to keep his feet warm, and the four gentle cows of the hospice to add their warmth to the stable let the wind scream as it would and the frost crackle as it might he would never care caesar shifted his position at franz's feet to bring his head nearer the boy's right hand franz took his hand from beneath the blankets to tickle caesar's ears and a worried frown creased his forehead beside caesar he had two firm friends at the hospice father benjamin and anton martek the other two marineers were surly individuals who kept much to themselves franz did not even know their names the novices boys about franz's own age were much too busy with their own duties to have any time for a mere marineer naturally it was unthinkable aside from attending devotions to intrude on the world of the priests father benjamin who came to the stable at regular intervals had made a real effort to strengthen a friendship that began when he and franz came up the path together anton martek worried franz and the dawn to dark work anton demanded had no bearing on it for the boy did not mind working long hours but there was caesar too the mastiff had worked willingly beside his master while they freighted hay or wood from the lower reaches or carried supplies from the inn at canteen but winter was fast approaching and when it came there would be almost no packing for caesar and everything that lived at the hospice must necessarily earn its own way since there was little else anton and franz had tried their valiant best to make a spit dog of caesar but the great animal who did so many things so well seemed wholly unable to adjust to what he doubtless considered the low comedy of turning a spit 
on the first trial he whirled in his tracks and snatched at and ate the roast he was supposed to be turning when anton fashioned a harness that made it impossible for him to turn caesar's nearness to the fire with its unaccustomed warmth made him so uncomfortable that he simply lay down and refused to move at all a longer pole that put him farther away from the fire offended his dignity rather than pace slowly so that the meat would turn slowly and roast evenly on all sides he whirled at such speed that it was a marvel the roast stayed on the spit weights on his paws designed to slow him down aroused his stubbornness rather than turn the spit at all he pulled it completely apart and let the roast fall into the fire shouting threats accomplished nothing caesar knew his own strength and providing it was consistent with his dignity he would work because he loved franz he would not be bullied rewards in the shape of meat dangled enticingly before him were haughtily rejected caesar would not be bribed either the stubborn anton had not abandoned hope and was still determined to make a spit-dog of caesar but in the darkness franz's worried frown deepened the mastiff was equally determined that he would not turn the spit therefore not even anton could make him do it an anguished little moan escaped franz if caesar were declared useless and banished from the mountain life in st bernard pass that had become so very fine would be so very bleak a second time franz reached out to ruffle the big mastiff's ears try he whispered fiercely try hard caesar the dog licked his hand thus comforted his body cushioned by soft hay warmed by blankets and caesar with the cattle adding their warmth to the stable franz never heard the wind scream and never thought of the frost he was awakened by anton martek who lighted his way into the stable with a glass shielded candle caesar rose and wagged his tail to greet this new friend whom he had come to like so well and franz sat sleepily up in bed anton hung his candle lantern on a wooden peg it is time to be up he scoffed good-naturedly the day is for working it is not day yet franz protested anton said soon it will be anton who was entirely willing to let franz clean the stable as long as he kept it spotless but who never permitted anyone except himself to handle the cows or their products began to groom his charges he always followed the same procedure after the cows were clean as comb and brush could make them he would wash their udders with warm water then he would milk care for the milk and clean the cows all over again franz impulsively asked a question that had long tickled his curiosity but that he had never dared ask before why do you stay here anton the huge man turned toward him comb in one hand and brush in the other and for a moment his eyes were so terrible that franz shrank before them the eyes softened the merest trifle why do you ask that anton asked quietly i-i've just wondered and i-i'm sorry if i offended you franz stammered anton said you meant well and i will tell you at one time i lived in martigny where i was famous for my strength there was another man who was neither bad nor good 
he was much like the jay that always chatters but seldom says anything worth the listening and he was given to spasms of rage i saw him strike a child a little boy who should not have been taunting him but was i told the man that he must never again strike a child the man struck at me and anton's voice trailed off into a husky whisper he stared for a moment at the far wall of the stable and then continued i struck back and i killed him i never meant to kill and i knew i did not for it is a terrible thing to take the life of a fellow human but the only others who knew i never intend to kill were the fathers at the hospice they gave me refuge they cared for my body as well as my spirit they restored my faith in god and in man they made a man from what had been a beast and that is why i am happy to serve them and why i shall never leave this place i understand franz exclaimed and i don't believe you ever intended to kill either thank you little franz anton's rare smile flashed now if you will get your breakfast i will care for my babies here caesar at his heels franz left the stable and made his way to the kitchen caesar sat down outside the door paul morat the surly marineer who presided over the kitchen kept his domain as spotless as anton insisted the stable be kept certainly he would never dream of letting a dog invade his kingdom a tall string thin and apparently ageless man he motioned franz to a chair served him barley gruel black bread cheese and milk and apparently forgot all about him franz finished his meal and went outside where he was rejoined by caesar and the pair returned to the stable back so soon anton asked would paul not feed you he fed me very well franz declared but i have been thinking and what has occupied your thoughts anton asked a very great man i knew in dornblatt franz answered his name is professor lutman and he is a teacher and it is in no way his fault because i am too stupid to grasp what he tried to teach not everyone may understand the wisdom that is written in books anton said that i know agreed franz but i cannot escape a feeling that i betrayed professor lutman i am sure he knows i am just a marineer at st bernard hospice father paul the village priest who acted on my behalf in order that i might come here would have told him i am also sure that on the day he expelled me from his school he knew i would always hold a humble station he is a wise man anton questioned very wise franz replied the wise do not have to be told that the world is made up of the humble and the mighty anton said they know that much from their own wisdom think no more about it i cannot help thinking about it franz said in a troubled voice i would like to prove to professor lutman that a marineer's is a good life since i cannot are you ready to have me start cleaning the stable today i cleaned the stable anton said it is not that you have failed to do it very well but you have worked hard and long this shall be a free day for you and caesar 
oh anton go along now anton's smile was pleased caesar at his heels franz again left the stable he braced himself against the wind as soon as he was outside and paused to consider it was fine to have a free day but in st bernard pass exactly what did one do with it the surrounding peaks invited him but though the only evidence of foul weather to be lay in an overcast sky franz had an uneasy premonition that something besides an ordinary storm was in prospect it would never do to be caught on a mountainside while such a storm raged just then father benjamin came around the corner of the refectory hello young franz father benjamin franz cried happily and then added anton has given me the day to spend as i wish how very fine said father benjamin i'm on my way to the inn at canteen it isn't really necessary since there seems to be little likelihood of snow but any travellers who await there may feel easier if they have a guide do you want to come along father benjamin franz and caesar made their way down the rocky path and found four people waiting to cross the mountain they were an elderly man his middle-aged daughter a boy about franz's age and a girl not yet in her teens father benjamin spoke reassuringly to them there is nothing to fear we will guide you to the hospice and after you have rested there you will be guided to the rest house on the opposite slope as they all started up the slope franz's uneasiness grew the wind sang a song of trouble he comforted himself with the thought that father benjamin was better able than he to judge what might happen they were halfway between the inn and the hospice when a sudden blinding blizzard swept down upon them. End of chapter 8